you know what? God is still good. Just because we experience tragedy in our lives, it never takes away the goodness of God. Do you understand? It never does. Just because things don't work out the way we think they are to work out, it never takes away the goodness of God. Hallelujah. And that's where prayer comes in. You know, I, uh, while we were on these trips, I could feel, I literally could tell that we were absolutely being carried by prayer. And and I just so appreciate the people that are willing to take time and get on their knees and lift people up before the throne, asking the Father who wants to anyway but has restricted His activities until we ask. Asking the Father, Father, take care of these people. Amen. Thank you all again for your prayers. I want to read to you out of Mark chapter 4. I love this story. And several years ago, the Lord just really gave me revelation of this. Mark chapter 4, starting with verse 35. On that day, when evening came, he, Jesus, said to them, the disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he, Jesus, said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, let's just scenario this a minute. Before they got into the boat, they had been with Jesus and Jesus was doing the stuff. He was healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing lepers, casting out devils. And there is great joy when you participate in those things. I love throwing out devils. It is more fun. They don't like me. I don't like them. So we get rid of them. Amen. I love laying hands on the sick and seeing the sick recover. It brings me great joy. And I know that the disciples being with Jesus right there and watching and helping him minister to the sick. And I'm telling you, from being in Africa, I can understand when I read the scripture, it says, and they were pressing in. I, I was pressed in. Front, back, sideways, ever which way, pressing in. People wanting prayer. And I can tell you, just knowing the Word of God, that there was great joy in the camp. Hallelujah! I mean, here's this cripple, and now he's not crippled. That cripple was crippled, is having himself one Holy Ghost joy party. I mean, think about it. They're not going to go like, well, Mama, I'm healed. No. They're going to go, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I learned some moves in Africa. When Pastor Tony comes, he can show you the bird dance. Ask him. But when 
the Spirit of God does what He loves to do best, and that's to bring fallen mankind back into His Father, into the Father's will. It brings great joy. And so I imagine everybody was hooping and hollering and praising God. I mean, Jews are very demonstrative in their in their faith and in their actions. And I'm just sure they weren't like a bunch of us going, look over there. That one was dead, now alive. Hmm. Yeah! Woohoo! Glory to God! Yes, sir! Yeehaw! Having party, joy parties all over the place. Amen. And I imagine the disciples, when they crawled in that boat, they might have been tired because Jesus was tired, so they was probably tired, but I'm sure they were just full of joy. I'm sure they were saying, Hey, man, did you see when those eyes popped into where there wasn't any eyes? I mean, you know, discussing the miracles, having joy. Whoo, yay, God. And then all of a sudden the storm blows in. And Jesus had said, let us go to the other side. But the storm blew in. And when the winds and the waves became so bad and the water began to flop over into the boat, and here they were seasoned fishermen. They knew the sea. But here they are. They're seeing all of this. The storm, the winds are getting louder, and they're trying to bail out the water. Fear had entered where joy had been. I can tell you for a fact and for certain according to this, whenever... You receive a word from God. Whenever you encounter the reality of the Spirit of God, sometime or another, the devil is going to confront you. I've heard it said like this. When you've heard from heaven, prepare for a hiss from hell. And here these disciples are. Fear has entered their heart. They have forgotten all of the miracles, all of the signs and the wonders, all of the dead being raised. In fact, John said, if everything that Jesus had done had been written down, the world could not contain the books. We just have a little bit. They were busy. Sun up past sundown, seeing God move. And here they are, in the middle of the sea. The winds are blowing. The storm is raging. Water coming in. They forget the Son of God is in the boat with them. And you know, you read the story, well, how could they be so stupid? Jesus is in the boat. They're not going to drown. Jesus is in the boat. But we're the same way. Are you born again? Are you saved? Then Jesus is in the boat. He is in you. The Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The same Spirit that was hovering over planet earth when it was in void and in chaos. And the Creator said, let there be. The Spirit of God created it. That same Spirit lives in you and me. 
Well, what's the problem then? Us. It's not with God. If you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Jesus was always telling them, come up higher. You are living according to the fallen nature. Come up higher and be restored to the nature that was in the garden before the fall of mankind. Where all authority is given. Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, Behold, I saw Satan fall as lightning. Then he turned around and said, I give you authority over him. But yet when something happens to us, we get fearful, we get depressed, because we don't know who we are in Christ Jesus. Our identity has been stolen. If you will ask the Holy Spirit to teach you who you are as a son of the Most High God, we better know how to fight the devil. We better know who we are. We better know that Jesus is in the boat with us. And we're not going to sink. But we're going to be victorious in everything that He has called us to be, everything that He's called us to do, everywhere He's called us to go. We are going to be victorious regardless of the enemy's plans. Time is short. Let's not piddle around with this stuff anymore. We have got to know who we are. We have got to understand that we are children of the Most High God. We are ambassadors. And He has given us a power of attorney to act on His behalf. I have a power of attorney for Pat and Charlie in Guatemala. I could sign any legal document I want to in their behalf and execute any legal thing they need. It's the same way when we're born again. We have been given a power of attorney and we represent him. And when we tell a devil to go, it has to go. When we tell a sickness to leave, it has to leave. Because, see, when we're born again, we're not of this world anymore. We're in it, but we're not of it. We're aliens, Peter said. We are not of this world. But our problem is our mind is tied with all of these ropes in the world. And it pulls us back when God says, I said, come up higher. But these ropes just pull us back. What's going to cut the ropes? The Word of God. Prayer. Meditating on the goodness of God. If you don't think God is good all the time, then the devil can come in and just waylay you one right upside your head, and then you're thinking, well, God did this to me. Excuse me. Not. Well, then why didn't he stop the bad things? I'll tell you what I told my little secretary when she asked that question. Well, if, 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 well, why does all this bad stuff happen around the world? And I said, I'll tell you why all this bad stuff's happening around the world. It's because the church is not praying. Jesus said, I give you authority. We're not taking it. 
we're not listening for instructions from the Holy Spirit. If He said, go, I want you to go do this, this, this. Well, we've just been commissioned from the Most High to go and do that and leave the results to Him. But we got to be obedient. We've been afraid. We've been seeing the boat filled with water. And we've been saying, Oh, we're going to drown. We're going to drown. We're going to die out here in the lake. In the middle of the night, we're going to die. When Jesus had said, We're going to the other side. Well, let me ask you, in your own lives, what has Jesus said to you personally that He's going to do? He's told you. And then all of a sudden the circumstances are right the opposite. Well, maybe God didn't say that. You see, the devil hadn't changed his M.O. at all. Look in the Garden of Eden. God said to Adam and Eve, this is the way it's going to be. Then here comes the devil saying, well, he didn't, you know, God didn't mean it that way. And then the reasoning part comes in. Hmm. Well, maybe he didn't mean it that way. Maybe he didn't. And then we get off into this unbelief and doubt stuff. And then we get defeated. We need tenaciously to hang on to the Word of God. I'll just be quite honest with you in my own life. Um, this happened uh, just a few days before we were scheduled to fly out. If I'd have been going by my natural responses, I would have canceled the trip. But I knew that I knew God had spoken to me in Uganda last year and said, you're coming back. So I had to be obedient. Regardless of my outward circumstances, I had to be obedient. We have to be, regardless of what's going on around us, regardless of what our emotions are telling us, regardless of what our eyes are beholding, we have got to be obedient to the Word of God, period. There are people around the world, as we're standing here speaking, dying for the cause of Christ. They are losing their life because they will not deny the one who redeemed them. They're all over the world. And we need to learn how to deny our flesh and deny our emotional circumstances and say, it doesn't matter what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, I'm going to depend on the Word of God. Because I know that the heavens, the, the firmaments, the stars, the world, all of this one day is going to melt and pass away. But God's Word, not one jot, not one tittle, not one comma, not one anything is going to pass away. So I chose years ago, 34 years ago, to anchor my life in the Word of God. Because that's what you can trust. The devil is ruthless, sneaky, twisting, conniving, shrewd. He is out to do one thing, and that is to destroy you. And he can do it if he can steal your joy. Oh, you could have gone all morning and not said that, sister. You could have gone all morning. I don't feel like being joyful. Feelings has nothing to do with it. Because when you have Jesus inside of you, when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you should have a river of living water. You should be able...
able to get in in your prayer closet if it means set it on your bunk and get in the presence of God and let the river just start coming up and coming out of your mouth. In the midst of pain and in the midst of sorrow, you can say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. In the midst of immense grief, blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to his holy name. The devil is after your joy. Why? Because in Nehemiah 8.10 it says, The joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. So as you meditate on the Word of God, as you make your decisions, I'm going to live for God regardless if ever devil in ten counties come to my doorstep. I'm still living for God. It doesn't matter what he throws at me. In fact, one time I went outside. It had snowed, and I went outside. I'd got me a stick, and I wrote out in the snow in big letters, I will serve God. And I said, hey! Prince of the air, you see that? I'm going to serve God. It don't matter what you do to me. I'd already been through hell. And I went through some more. But it didn't matter what the devil does. See, he's not going to steal my joy. He's not going to rob me of an incredible gift of the Holy Spirit's joy inside of me. He is not going to rob me of that. I refuse to allow him to steal from me anymore. Glory to God. We have authority over the enemy. We must begin exercising that authority. And I tell you, I've learned to be just as ruthless back to the enemy as they are with me. Once I recognize what's going on, the devil's just better watch out. When that fellow was trying to put a curse on me several years ago, made me mad. When I realized what was happening, I got my bad self outside and I walked my property line declaring the power of the blood of Jesus. This man had been calling me and bringing stuff to my doorstep, threatening me, and I just about had enough of it. At that time, I was a single mom, and and I had great concern about, you know, the safety of my children and my grandbaby living with me. But I'm telling you what, when you're plugged into the Holy Ghost, there's not a weapon formed against you that will prosper. Amen. Property line out, and then I and I declared the power of the blood and the power of the name of Jesus, and then I heard myself say, "May that curse boomerang." That's right. I never heard from that man again. He didn't call. He didn't come by. That was it. There is power in the blood of Jesus. We have authority. As long as our knees are bowed to the cross of Jesus Christ and we are humbling ourselves before God Almighty and we are passionately in love with Him and worshiping Him just because of who He is, then the Holy Spirit will download strength, joy, peace, and your understanding that you're righteous before God. You see, it's not by any works we've done. It was done all on the cross by Jesus Christ. And when we identify ourselves with Jesus, we are righteous. That's good news. That's good news. Because the devil beats us over the head and says, Oh, I know what you did. You're not righteous. When he does that, would you just tell him, You know what? I know what you did. Get out of my face. 
don't mind talking to the devil. I just don't listen to him. <laughs> the things that steal joy, I just said one of them. Curses from people, uh, either by words or, or by uh, witchcraft curses. Um, that's an external thing that tries to come and steal the joy of the Lord inside of us. Just demons. I mean, just demons just yakking. I mean, slap them. Bing. Sometimes I just say, I just take the blood. Bam. Have that. I mean, you know, why put up with them? They're losers. Hello. But we, when we're in our trial and in our situation, we think, man, the devil's so strong, so big, God's so little. We don't say it, but we act it. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the devil come to kill, steal, and destroy. But, see, we know that one, the devil come to kill, steal, and destroy. And we just leave it right there. But he said, but I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The devil tries to steal your spiritual inheritance. He's always trying to disqualify who you are. Listen, if you're born again, Jesus is your Lord. You are a son of the Most High. Get that one. We said on the trip, we are ambassadors of Jehovah. We was going by the embassy. We have an embassy where you can't see it. But we know where it's at. Royalty. Hallelujah. We should carry ourselves as such. The devil tries to hit in every area, disqualifying you. And then, that's the external, and then the internal is we are defeated because we do not exercise our authority that Jesus gave us. So we need to start exercising our authority over the demonic realm, and we need to start exercising our authority over our flesh. Amen. Oh, we don't want to talk about that one, do we? <laughs> your spirit person should rule over your flesh person. Many a time, I take, I do this. I take myself to my full-length mirror, and I, I put my finger in my face, and I tell myself, you're going to live by the Word of God, and this is what it says, flesh. You're going to come in line with the Word of God, flesh. I've done that a lot. I can't tell you how many times I've done that and whatever's trying to attack my body or my body's being lazy about, it'll snap it just like that. Because the spirit man in us, coupled with the Holy Spirit, should well be stronger than this flesh. Amen. Yes, Amen. Yes, Lord. This stuff is like a spoiled child that needs discipline. I'll admit it. I blew it when we came back. We ate at Miss Kathy's Friday. I did it. I ordered an apple dumpling. It was so good. It wasn't a banana. Pastor Tony had his wife, Kathy, to go fix him some fried bananas. You still want bananas after two and a half weeks of bananas? I went to the store last night and I bought two bunches of bananas for Dale. <laughs> oh, 
goodness. I shouldn't have had the apple dumpling. I mean, I'd lost these inches. I should have said, you know what, we'll just keep them off. But, oh no, my flesh wanted that little sugar rush, you know. We all have to fight that. We have to fight our flesh, whatever area it is, whether it's our taste buds, whether it's habits, whether it's mindsets. We have a battle. But the good news is we win if we stick with the Word of God. Amen. We're not losers. We have... Hello. (laughs) We cannot forget God's benefits and the benefits that Jesus paid for on the cross. Mercy, he paid a price for that. So that we could be free. Free of bad habits, free of addictions, free of whatever sin that beset us. We have been called free. We just have to believe that. But it was paid for on the cross. Jesus said, it is finished. What was finished? The redemption of fallen mankind that had been placed under the curse. The redemption to bring from the curse into the blessings of great God Jehovah was finished. Hallelujah. We were doomed to a devil's hell. But because Jesus denied his flesh and Jesus bowed his knee to the will of the Father, he purchased our redemption. It's finished. It's done. It's over. You can't do anything more than what he did except accept the fact. In Isaiah 55 it says, Oh, who's thirsty out there? Come, buy food, buy drink that won't cost you a thing except for the sacrifice of receiving it. You know how easy it is to receive the things of God? How easy was that? What did he have to do? Reach out and take it. That's how easy it is with the things of the Lord. But we have complicated it. We have theologically just driven it into the ground where we don't understand a thing. But the things of God are very, 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 very simple. He did it. Just believe it. Our problem comes in, well, I did that, I did that, and I didn't get it. So it isn't true. Yes, it is. Just because your circumstances are not yet... Yes, recount where? Ewing. Okay, Second Chronicles, you find an interesting story. I love this story. You don't have to turn there, but you can read about it later. It was King Jehoshaphat, and all of a sudden his people were surrounded by a numberless army. So many people, they couldn't count them. And they were a few compared to the many of the enemy. Well, you know, their eyes were saying, we're doomed, we're toast, we're history, it's over. Why try? Why even bother to try? It's over. We're too outnumbered. But Jehoshaphat called for the people to humble themselves before the Lord. And while they were humbled before the Lord, the Spirit of God 
came on someone and he spoke out instructions from the Lord God Almighty. There are so many principles in this story that I just encourage you to get it and read it. Second Chronicles uh, chapter 20 sometimes, 19 and 20, and read it. Okay, first they humbled themselves, correct? They listened for the instructions of the Holy Spirit. And here was the deal. <laughs> it went against normal thinking. Okay? Normal thinking would say, you know, get your swords ready, sharpen them real good, get your arrows ready, get your bows stringed right, uh, just get ready, we're going to just have at it. Oh no! The Lord said, stand still. The battle's not yours, it's mine. So the next morning, the king says, all you choir people, you worship team, come here. Okay? Then you're going to get out front. Out front? I'm a worshiper, not a warrior. I don't know how to use a knife or sword or spear. I don't know any of that. I know how to sing. King says, get out front. Can you just imagine what they were saying? I didn't sign up for this. I thought I was safe being in the choir. How many know that God's ways are not man's ways? So here goes the choir. Now can you imagine what the warriors are thinking? What's he doing? We're supposed to go out. We've been trained since youth to fight the enemy. Why are they sending those choir members out? Can you imagine that? But in obedience to the Spirit of God, here goes the choir. God is good and His love and kindness endures forever. God is good. His love and kindness endures forever. Okay. Hey, this might... Hmm, I'm, I'm, feel, I'm feeling it. God is good. His mercy and love and kindness endure forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then just keep on and, they, you know, for long, everybody go, Oh, yeah. Hey, I hear the rhythm. Mm-hmm. And the warriors are going, Whoa, God is good. And His mercy and love and kindness endures forever. Well, they just had a worship time. The whole covenant people, surrounded by numerous enemies, were just going, Oh, glory! Woo! Download over here! Yeah! Good! Go! Oh, wow! And what happened? They got their eyes on the one who could save them. They forgot about the circumstances. And the Word of God says the Lord sent ambushments and destroyed the entire enemy. (laughs) So let's look and see what principles was used here. Okay? If you read the story, you'll find that they declared God's abilities. Their abilities were not enough with the overwhelming circumstances. Their abilities were not enough. So they declared God's abilities. The second thing they did was they declared covenant. If you're born again, if you're a son of the Most High God, you have a covenant that was made with the blood of Jesus. And if the old covenant made with bulls and rams could be so much so that God said when the enemy comes in at you one way, they'll flee seven. That was old covenant. We have a better covenant. 
Amen. They declared covenant. We need to be declaring covenant. You know what your covenant is? If you don't, you need to find out so you can start speaking it out. And then they declared their total helplessness and dependency on the one that was not helpless, but the one that could help them. They declared their helplessness and they declared God's abilities. They declared their lack of wisdom and they received His. When the Holy Spirit spoke through that man, they received it as the Lord. And they did what He said. They waited, they listened, they obeyed, and you know the answer, and that was victory. The same thing for us. Whatever your situation is, and you're surrounded by the... the you look at it and it's hopeless. Well, may I just suggest you do what those people did because you have a better covenant. Amen? There's some weapons that we've been given while we're waiting on God to do the answer. And that is, I've already talked about a lot of them, the blood of Jesus. That Ray Jean Wilson has a song talking about the power of the blood of Jesus. It's stronger than a locomotive, faster than a rocket. You know, Superman didn't have nothing on the blood of Jesus. It can stop hordes of demons that are after you. That's pretty powerful. The word of our testimony, when you testify of what God has done in your life, something in the spirit realm happens and it becomes a strong weapon against the adversary. So you might want to testify more often. You might want to tell people what God's done for you. I am so grateful he looked down on this person right here who was a hypocrite. Hypocrite, that's what I was. Jesus called people like me snakes and vipers. And I am so grateful that he looked down on me and said, you know, we need to help that little West Texas redhead there. His mercy is overwhelming. Don't understand it, but I receive it. And my testimony is, I thought I had Jesus, but I did. I had him right up here. And I did not have a relationship whatsoever. Had he not had the grace and mercy to intervene in my life, I would have been one of those that said, Lord, I did this, I did that, I, I lived a good life, I was this, I was in church every time the doors were open. And he would have said to me, I never knew you. Because I didn't have a relationship. I knew all about him, just like when I was learning history. I knew all about whatever we were studying. But one day, I bowed my knee and I said, I need Jesus. I need him to be my Lord and my Savior. I am a sinner, undone and unclean. I got born again. Oh, never the same. And then I started seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Woo! I became hungry for the Spirit of God. I told God, I said, God, if you, go, if you tell me to go in that bathtub, stand on my head, and I'll receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'll do it. Just tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And He did. He is faithful to His Word. His promises. Oh, my goodness. There are promises chock full in this book. And if you're reading one, and one kind of goes, Hello, I'm here. Grab me. You better grab it. 
because the Spirit of God is on that promise. And he's saying, if you'll dare to believe me, I'll manifest it for you. In our, in our world, we're conditioned to believe when we see. But that's not the way it works with God's world. With God, it's you believe and then you see. Why is it that way? Because God is spirit. And he called everything physical into being out of the spirit realm. And we're made in his image. And when we speak the word of God, believing that God is true to his word, and we speak the word of God, he will manifest it. We just don't know when, but he will. Because he's not a man that he lies. If he said he'll do it, he'll do it. He's given us his angels. Hebrews 1.14, he's given us his angels, Psalms 91. I was speaking at a conference in another town, and I saw this lady taking pictures when I was, you know, up speaking, but I was so in the spirit. <laughs> I was out there. I got an email about a, three or four days later, and in front of me was an angel taken. They, they captured it on picture. Incredible picture. But we, it says in Hebrews 1.14, all, if we're born again, have angels assigned to us, sent to serve us. They're waiting, they're hearkening to the Word of God. If we're not speaking the Word of God, they're not going to do nothing. That's a double negative, but you get my message. If we're not speaking the Word of God, we are restricting the ones assigned to help us. Come on now. Well, Sister Ronnie has never seen an angel. Well, I'm sorry. I hadn't either. Except the photograph. I've seen lots of photographs of angels. They're interesting. They're big, strong. But they are sent to us to help us. So, um, reading off all these wonderful covenant benefits. Are you getting the picture God has given us everything we need to live a godly and powerful life? He's given us His Word. He's given us His name. I love that in John 17 where Jesus is praying, Father, Father, you have kept the disciples with the name that you gave me. And I'm not praying just for them, but the ones that will believe on me from them. So he's given us his name, Jesus. In Uganda, it's Yeshu. Y-E-S-U. I, I like that. Yeshu. Jesus. He's given us his Holy Spirit. Mercy. What's the deal? Why are we losing? He's given us the armor in Ephesians 6. He has given us delegated power. He's given us authority over our adversary. He has given us the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. Guess what? With all of that, we can win. We're not losers. Look at your neighbor and say, We're not losers. We are winners. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We will stand before our Creator Father with no excuses. We won't have one excuse that will work because He's given us everything we need. 
It's just up to us to believe Him and to walk in the joy of the Lord, to walk in the power of His promises, to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit and be Jesus with skin on to the world right here. I'll tell you, in Uganda... They were getting ready to call the people up and, and they were telling, you know, about the miracles last year and everything. And I was going, God, I, I, don't, I, I can't do this. I just can't do this. I mean, I don't want them to think it's anything that I've done. It's not. It's not me. I can't do this, God. I just can't. I mean, I was, I was crawfishing big time. And the Holy Spirit said, Child, it is my delight and pleasure to touch my people through you. Okay, since you said it that way. (laughs) But see, that's his heart. He wants to touch people through you. And you be the only one that might ever touch a certain person. There might be a word that needs to be spoken to someone just at the right time, and, and you're minding your own business, but yet you feel this stirring. Okay, I'll be obedient and just speak it out. You never know what that would release in that person. We are called to be like Jesus on this earth. We've got everything we need. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Let's listen for His voice and do His will. And we're going to see signs and wonders right here, Price Daniel Unit. I authorize y'all to be missionaries right here. You're not restricted. On your knees, you can soar around the world in prayer. Amen. I've done that before too. It's an adventure walking with Jesus. It's never boring, never dull. Devils hate you. Isn't that fun? And God loves you immensely, intensely, passionately. He's in love with you, and He just wants good for you. Not bad. He wants good for you. Rise up and believe that. Let's pray. Father, We just come before you in the powerful name of Jesus. And we declare your goodness in this room. We declare that you are good and that you are good all the time. You never waver from that. You do not change with situations. You are always good and you are always faithful. And we thank you that we can anchor our hope in that fact that you are good and you are faithful. We thank you, Father, that you are pouring into each one of us strength by the Holy Spirit. Strength that we can perceive the height, the width, the depth, the breadth of your love and be filled to overflow fullness of your love. We thank you, Father, that you are so able to do all that we, immeasurably more than all that we can think or even imagine according to the Spirit of God that lives within us. So thank you for Holy Spirit. Father, I just ask that uh, they would be moved closer to Jesus, that revelation would be even brighter in their spirits. Understanding would come. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. May the Spirit of wisdom be granted wisdom and revelation of who you are, the hope that you've called them to, the inheritance you've got waiting for them. And may we all, Father, experience the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. How we 
love you, Father. We thank you for loving us first. We thank you for looking past our faults and our weaknesses and our sins and redeeming us to become your children. I don't conceive of a love like that, but I just thank you for it. We just bless your holy name. We thank you for the plans and purposes that you're going to fulfill in each one of us. How we love you. Jesus, thank you for being obedient to Father. Thank you so much. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You're welcome to consume us with fire and with passion for Father and for Jesus. You're welcome to show us of things to come. You're welcome to show us of things to do. And we'll be obedient to that. We invite you to just take over and we'll do whatever you say. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.